Holy shit. It is 2018 and Underoath just announced a new album. Um, this is the track that you're hearing behind me called On My Teeth. And it is available anywhere you can buy music. Any Spotify, Apple Music, streaming service. And their albums are up for pre-order on any website. Pretty much just Google search Underoath and you're going to find it. But holy cow, Hunter. This is Trendertainment Season 2. It's mm-hmm. been too long and welcome the hell back. Yeah, uh, good to be back. We back, boys. Uh, it's all your fault that we have been gone, so I blame you and only you. <laughs> it is 100% my fault because I've been trying to uh, juggle too much in my life at the moment and um, been trying to get some uh, business things on the back end settled, and hopefully that will come to uh, come to fruition this next couple of weeks and we can announce some more stuff that we're working on. Um but man, it is it is good to be talking to you again. I've missed this. I've got my desk set up in my new office in my new house. I'm looking around and I just hung up all my uh, posters and I have everything sitting on my desk just the way I like it. So it's it's good to be back. I'll tell you yeah. what. I mean, I'm I'm still sitting in the closet in my same house. So you know. You know what we need to do? We need to build you a, a little little closet desk just for podcasting. Yeah, agreed. Dude, this house is so <laughs> cramped. We we're getting we're getting we're moving this year. It's too it's too Are you really? too much junk. Yeah. Yeah. We need a yard well, too cool, for the dog. Yeah, a little Percy running around there. Mhm. Needs a dog door or and something. The, and and the cat, the dog and the cat can just go run around. Yeah, I mean I think Chandler's part... afraid of outside, so he's not going anywhere, but Really? Yeah, he won't. All he's... of Hunter's uh animals have squished faces it's like you took a frying pan and you just hit them both in the face you got a pug and what kind of cat is your cat it's a persian it's a persian it kind of looks like if you watch the new girl they have that uh that dog on there or that cat on there from winston yeah well they are like the cutest things in human history so (laughs) i I don't care yeah i still think that the uh naked uh those naked cats the uh sphinx cats that's what is we're that getting. What called? Yeah, that's what we're getting next. Really? You're yeah, we're gonna name a, it. A we're naming cat? it Kevin. We're naming it Kevin. A hairless cat. Yeah. So you'll have uh, Kevin, Chandler, and Percy. Mm-hmm. All human names. <laughs> well, man, I can't. I can cannot explain to you how excited I am for Underworld to come out with a new album. Um, we were talking about my posters being hung up here in the office, but every single one of them is an Underworld poster. Um, I've got a little bit of an Underworld problem, and um, I. I'm so excited to talk about this new single and the album coming out next month. But uh, Hunter, what are your first thoughts? Uh, I'm I'm liking it. It's uh, I actually wasn't like I know this is going to be sacrilegious to you, but I wasn't a huge fan of their last album, um, and I like this a little bit more than what I heard last album. So, you know what I uh, the last album was pretty controversial because uh, Aaron had recently left the band shortly mm-hmm. after Lost in the Sound of Separation. Um, and they had picked up a new drummer, Daniel Davidson, from... Uh, he's now in uh, Escape the... F- no, he's in Every Time I Die. Um, and he was great, but Spencer ended up taking up a lot of the singing and the direction and the sound of the band changed quite a bit. And uh, I was a big fan of it. I was one of the few people that uh, wasn't really looking for another Define the Great Line or They're Only Chasing Safety, which is where most of the fan base kind of sits and mm-hmm. wants to only hear that type of music from Underoath. Um I'm on the firm belief that every band should change and kind of grow within their music and within themselves, especially as you take a band like this, like Underoath that started out in high school and they've become adults, bought houses, have started families, gotten real jobs, quit those jobs and everything else. Become corporate uh, stiffs so I, I was is a, what you're saying. 
Uh, corporate stiffs, no, nah, man. They're all they're all still rockers. Um, but no, let's kind of talk about that a little bit because the uh, the whole fallout with Underoath and um, Aaron and Spencer and all those guys, it kind of got really tough. They uh, they released a a DVD documentary called Tired of Violence, and it was all centered around how they broke up in their final tour and kind of some of the some of the resentment that the band had towards kind of modern day Christianity and uh, towards each other. Um, Spencer was really kind of upset about uh, not being able to play music anymore and that really kind of killed him because uh all of his bandmates were going off and having kids i mean uh aaron tim and uh chris all ended up having kids and spencer's over here saying like man i still want to make music i still want to do this full time you guys are kind of taken away from me and it was a hard documentary to watch it probably came out uh back in 2013 right for right after their farewell well tour it's like a year later 2014 and um it was it was hard to watch it Wonderful documentary. If you can still find it online, uh, I'm sure it's still floating around out there. They released a couple Blu-rays you can pick up on eBay, but um, they're they're kind of few and far between. But they were really kind of against the Christian market, um, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of kickback right now in the CCM it stands for uh, Contemporary Christian Music Industry because there is so little focus on God and more of a focus on making money, and they actually do some of the shadier stuff than normal record companies will, um, and it's a tough market to break into. With uh, with the end of that last album, they did a farewell tour, and they said we're never getting back together. Um, Spencer went off and did his own thing with uh, Sleepwave. Uh, Tim kind of stayed and did some other stuff with uh, his side band, um, Carol Hood. Aaron went off and did a worship album, which you can hear all about that in various podcasts and uh, different episodes from other shows. But uh, it's it's been tough. They, they got together a couple years ago for their uh, Rebirth tour back in 2016, and everyone was so excited to have them back. They played, played front front to back with uh, define the great line and they're only chasing safety mm-hmm. and um, i gotta tell you i was i was stoked i bought vip tickets i went to the show um in salt lake city with my family and it yeah, was, was pretty incredible yeah i mean i don't think i've ever seen anyone obsessed with anything as much as you're obsessed <laughs> with under oath so uh, yeah well let's talk about that a little bit because i've got i've got 40 under oath posters in my room right now um i have the probably next to my buddy nick the most complete under oath vinyl collection um, i have an instagram page dedicated just to my under oath merch um so it's probably my favorite band out there it's been i've been a fan for a long long time um but yeah, i'm so excited i can't even explain it to you like yeah. this is it, this is it for me so <laughs> uh, for one of your birthdays one year i got you like an under oath sticker made for your car so yep. yeah that, that guy was on my Subaru up until about six months ago after I uh, totaled that guy. So when they hauled it away, uh, that was that sticker was still on there. It was barely starting to peel off, too. So I actually got – I'm in the works to make a new one for my uh, 1975 Volkswagen van. Um, but it is – it's going to be sick. I had that sticker for, man, almost 10 years. When did you get that for me? A uh, long time ago. Yeah, I don't know. It had to have been uh, like 2010. Yeah, something like that. Um, yep. Yeah. But, but um, what were your impressions for the new uh, the new single? Uh, I really liked it. Like I said, I, I think it's probably a happier media. Like you were saying, old fans like the Define the Great Line, Only Chasing Safety stuff. Um, I think it's a happy medium from what I from the single that we listened to. Um, I was, uh, I, yeah, I'm a fan. I thought it was, I thought it was a happy medium. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the current state of uh, rock music because right now, if you look at any top chart right now, it is going to be 100% rap. Rap has kind of taken over the yep. music industry and they really dominate the uh, streaming services. So I'm kind of excited for this new direction that Under Oath is taking because it is not a traditional Under Oath sound. Um, if you listen to the new single On My Teeth, you will hear little bits of Under Oath from every album. I mean, just with that first opening reminded me of like old school Under Oath with uh, The Changing of Times. Um, you heard a little bit of kind of that chorusy fill um, with the bridge from Lost in the Sound of Separation when they kind of repeat uh, One Day You Might Be Hungry. Um, you get those kind of just guttural screams from Spencer that are just that stand out. But I, I got to tell you, I was pretty amazed to see how little um, Aaron was actually singing, how much Spencer was singing because he's Aaron's pretty much drowned out by Spencer's vocals for most of the songs, you can kind of hear him on the mm-hmm. chorus, but uh, he's not as upfront as you would have found in some of the earlier, some of the earlier material. Sure. Um, yeah, especially with like "Define the Great Line" and "Lost in the Sound of Separation." His last two albums with Under Oath, they he was really front and center and singing a lot of those choruses, and Spencer was kind of throwing in the melodies. But Spencer really has jumped back into the spotlight and kind of taken that lead singer position over again. Yeah, and they could switch it up on the rest of the album. You know, they could go back and forth. Um, we're only going off the mm-hmm. one single, but uh, yeah, I was I was a fan for sure. Um, I haven't. I've actually you you were saying that um, a lot is now hip hop and rap and stuff, and I've actually I, I didn't like hip hop and rap until like four years ago and stuff, and that's actually mainly what I listen to now. Yeah, and that I was I was in the same boat because. I could not stand rap. I couldn't listen to a lot of it. It's just something I couldn't relate to, whereas I was a hardcore kid. I was one of those scene kids that really mm-hmm. got into it early on, and um, I just loved the substance that you can get from lyrics, and I think that's one of the biggest things Under Oath is taking flack on right now is because the lyrics are very simple and to the point. It ha- kind of has that more rock feel. People are kind of calling them out and saying, hey, like this isn't the old Under Oath that I love. This isn't the old Under Oath that I was looking for. But I honestly think it's what we need right now. Um, yeah, like every, there's a pretty fine line. Every every time a band comes out with music or anything new, new video game, new movie, and stuff like that, people nostalgia is a powerful thing, dude. People are always mm-hmm. upset about if it's different at all, and it's always going to be a little bit different. So it's just yeah. Well, I think a band should grow. It's how like nostalgia that. works. Yeah. And with with the current state of the rock industry, like the rock music, like we need bands that are big like this that can sell out on big pre-orders and uh, have these big massive tours and actually make money again because you never hear of a rock band being in the Billboard top 100 charts. It's a lot of these hip hop bands, a lot of this pop music now, mm-hmm. um, and it's really hard to kind of break back through. So I love the direction Under Oath is going. Um, a lot of people have brought up uh, if you go back to Lost in the Sound of Separations. Um, like kind of extended behind the scenes DVD. There's this whole section that everyone's been bringing up about how Tim was talking to one of the producers from that album saying, Hey, like I could, uh, I could basically eat Nickelback for breakfast. Like I will never be like those guys and we will never sell out like those guys. We'll beat them every day. And people are comparing that statement to what's kind of happening now with Underoath and the sound from the first single. And to be honest, we really don't know what the rest of the, the album is going to sound like. And, personally as a longtime fan and every and loving every version of under oath from uh cries of the past all the way up to disambiguation and their last two singles before they broke up i uh i love the change and i like the new direction that they're going because this is something that will bring rock kind of back up to the forefront and get people interested again well and the thing is like i don't think people realize like how long how long has under oath been a band like what year did they start 
1999. Okay, so, you know, only like 20 years or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's got to be so boring doing the same thing over and over again. Like, mm-hmm. of course they want to do something new. Well, and you can only ride the nostalgia train for so long, too, because they did the whole Rebirth tour, which was definitely a big fan service mm-hmm. to everyone when they got back together. That was like, hey, here are our two biggest albums. We're going to go out there and tour for the people that have never seen us before, to the young kids that are still listening to our music that really want to see like an old school Unreal feel. But in the meantime, we're going to go behind the scenes and we're going to work on this record that's just absolutely amazing and ready to blow everybody away. And I'm... I've, I am blown away. I, I love the new single. I've been listening to it pretty much on repeat nonstop since they announced it. Um, actually, I really I really do love the um, the way that they kind of marketed this record. They, uh, they jumped up with Fearless Records, and mm-hmm. they did a lot of kind of social media campaign. So the, the name of the new album is Erase Me. They went through and they uh, deleted their Twitter. They erased all of their posts on Instagram. They pretty much just erased everything about the band online. And then they threw up this little countdown on their website. So the Under 777 website started directing you to this new website uh, called EraseMe.io. And they had actually shipped out uh, three or four of those little CDs that had a 35-second clip of a song called No Frame on them with that address on there. And so if you went to Under777.com, you would get rerouted to EraseMe.io. And so people ended up figuring out, like, hey, this is... This is the intro to Undrow's new album. They've erased all their social media. Something is definitely going on. And there have been rumors since last September that they had signed with Fearless Records. So a bunch of us had gotten online, and we were able to track down um, where their merch stores were actually buried deep within Fearless Records' uh, website. We were actually able to find those uh, merch stores before they even announced the album. I think I was like... 24 hours before they announced the album, I was able to see 30 items in the store, but I could not see what was in there. So me and my buddy Nick, we were able to track down some of that information. Um, They also posted up billboards in Los Angeles. They put kind of like those street posters on walls all over downtown LA and just did this really cool marketing campaign that you don't find from rock music anymore. Um, These are old school rockers that really love music and love physically having it tangible. And they've probably pressed i think um seven different versions of the vinyl had these awesome pre-order bundles and when that countdown clock finally hit zero they announced that they were with fearless they released the music video they opened up their web stores it was just it was neat to see kind of a little bit of a surprise in music again instead of just seeing a single drop and and just having it streamed everywhere they're really trying to push that physical media trying to push that emotion that feel that you get from owning music you're like like UFO hunters, but for under oath. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Cody, I think it's time to admit you have a problem. No, I, I do. I fully admit if they had under oath anonymous, there'd be a couple of us in that club. Um, no, but it's, it really is. It's one of my passions and it's just, it's one of those bands that I've been able to rate, relate to several times throughout my life. Um, I remember the first time that I learned about under oath, it was, uh, there was this drummer in my youth group and, um, he had written a couple different bands on the drum heads, um, for our church's drum set in Sharpie. And he had like under oath and Zayo. And I think he had like POD on another one. And I'm sitting here like, who, who are these bands? And I'm, I think at the time I was, this was back in 99, so I was uh, eight years old, and he actually gave me a burned CD of uh, Under Oath's Cries of the Past. He said, hey, check this out. You'll like this band a lot. And to tell you the truth, I did not like the band. I was freaked out. 
I'm like, what the hell is this music? I grew up in like a Christian home, and uh, my mom's like, this is Satan music. This is not Christian music. And I actually ended up ended up looking up the lyrics and showing them to my mom, like, hey, this is what they're actually saying, and they are a Christian band. So that's kind of how I snuck it past my family to listen to hardcore music. Is hey, I've got this Christian band I'm gonna start listening to, um, and I just. I've been a fan ever since. I loved them in their old metalcore days. I loved when they did their only chasing safety and to find the great line. I just, it's just one of those bands I've been able to slowly change with and see their transitions. And I've, I've probably been to, I think 11 under shows now. Um, the rebirth show was my last one. And I have tickets to the uh, Niagara Falls, New York show for their no fix tour coming up here um, in May. So I'm pretty excited for that. You're crazy, dude. I can't do concerts anymore. <laughs> I'm too really? old. I'm too old. I can't, we went to we went to a concert that Katie wanted to go to really bad and like I was interested too. And I was just like, "Where's where's the stools? I'm gonna go sit on the stools." <laughs> so I went to a day to remember this last weekend with a couple of my buddies, and uh, we drove to San Francisco and uh, we went through this big blizzard and got stuck in the snow and had to push ourselves out. But I went hard for a little while there. It was uh, the Devil Wears Prada, Papa Roach, and um, uh, Day to Remember was headlining, and I was probably in the right behind the pit and in the mosh pit for the first four or five songs. And then I got, I was dying. I couldn't breathe. Everyone was smoking in the building. I got kicked in the back of the head. And at that point I'm like, Nope, I'm done. I walked away. I went over to the bar, spent $12 for some water and then just sat down for two or three songs. And uh, my buddy that went with me is a a nurse and he's just checking on me, make sure I'm okay and see that I'm still doing fine. But man, I thought I was going to pass out. Um, even before I got kicked in the head. So I understand I'm, I'm 26 now and I can't rock as hard as I used to when I was uh, 18 years old. (laughs) So I'm so out of shape that like walking up the stairs makes me feel like I got kicked in the back of the head. So (laughs) (laughs) it's not a problem. It's, it's not a, it's not a problem with us. It's our jobs. We have to sit down. I'm, I eat very healthy. I exercise, but I'm still gaining weight over here because I'm only burning $200, 200 calories a day sitting in my office chair. So Yeah, see, you know, you, you eat healthy and uh, exercise and sit all day. I don't do those things and sit all day. So, you know, that's, it's okay. that's a thing. I, I like this big cuddly hunter anyway. See, he's, he's nice. <laughs> yeah, I got, I, got, I got some cushion on me now, so it's all good. It's yeah. all good. Well, no, man, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm really excited for this new album, and I, uh, I can't wait to hear what else happens. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to talk about, too, is uh, they released a tour vinyl um, and some pictures on the website, and you were actually able to see a lot of the lyrics on the uh, back of the tour vinyl like graphics that they had. And um, there's a big change from the lyrics that they had from, let's just say, Disambiguation to this new album, Um Erase Me. It's They're very kind of short and to-the-point lyrics. Spencer's always been someone that, relies heavily on imagery and kind of long song names, long mm-hmm. um, long choruses and intros, and you really can't find a lot of choruses unless it's like the first single or like the second single off of an album in Under Earth music. It just kind of flows from one part of the song to the next, and in these albums, it, on this new album, it looks like there's going to be a lot of choruses and a lot of that rock feel. Um, Spencer's sideband sleep wave that he started after uh, Under Oath broke up was very much like that. Um, he had a lot of singing and a, a very little screaming, actually, but just had that traditional rock chorus that uh, most of the fans weren't used to. Um, and I was a huge fan of sleep wave just because it's anything Spencer related or Under Oath related. It's just my favorite stuff. But I uh, I don't feel like that was the majority out there. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. I, I hope there isn't a huge backlash from longtime fans. Um, the 
the reviews are kind of mixed on the forums and stuff that I've been on lately. But I tell you, I've I probably I don't even want to tell you how much money I spent on pre-order packages because it's uh it's up there. <laughs> it's, Cody, I got a reversion of I, I have. You. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to have to intervene. I don't want to have Let's to just tell say Kelsey it's a good to thing. Like, take your credit card away or something. Right. Let's just say there's a good thing I uh, paid off my credit card with my tax return because oh, uh, that's my. that's that's what funded it. <laughs> Me and Katie owe every year for our tax return, and we take zero deductions really? and stuff, and it's awful. I hate it. See, I always claim one, and I get I don't get a lot back, but I get uh, I get a little back, um, and I claim one just because I'm claiming myself, and it's it's for me it's better to not owe on it than it is, but I know the the end game is to break even and go zero on uh on your taxes. So yeah, we uh I think we fall in a tax bracket like uh where we get taxed like way more than normal. So yep, well I'm in that same tax bracket. I'm in the like the upper middle class tax bracket where I make just over the line of the the money yeah. where they tax you at a higher rate. Yep, that's where so we're at. So it actually puts me below the line, which doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me, but that's a whole other episode to talk about with politics and such. <laughs> All right, so another thing I wanted to talk about today was uh, the Oscars are tonight. So this episode will probably go up after uh, they're over, but I wanted to talk about the best of uh, the best picture nominees, um, kind of what I think of that, and then uh, talk about how these organizations like the uh, Academy, the NCAA, all these organizations um, that are old and established are going through some major shakeups right now um, and are definitely in need of the shakeups. Um, so, yeah, let's start with uh, let's start with talking about the pictures that are nominated. Um, I've seen all of them. I think Cody's only seen one or two of them. Yep, which was... I, th- I think I've seen two. I've seen The Shape of Water and Get Out so far. Get Out, cool. Um, so yeah. I wanted to talk about Get Out, so I'm glad that you uh, have seen that one. Uh, there's a lot of news going around Get Out right now because all the older Academy Awards people, they've been there for like 50 years, you know, hate it. They, they absolutely hate Get Out. Like, it's not going to win probably because all the old people don't like it yeah and said it's not i, an I, don't, Oscar I totally movie. don't even understand that either yeah um be what you whatever you think about it um i think it's a really good movie i really liked get out um i don't know if it's like them being racist or not but well, i think know, honestly, i think that is that is part of it i think that's a big part of the community i mean i i even know that it's a that's part of the conversations that i have with my friends i had a conversation with some guys uh, yesterday that just kind of blew me away. We were, we were just talking about Black Panther and how they're like, oh, it's just this big race movie and they're trying to make all this. And I'm like, well, have you ever read the comic? Because this is the same this is the same subject matter that they've literally pulled from the comics from the last 50 years. So it's not like they're changing anything to be more social justice warriors or anything like that. They're literally just stating facts from the comics to make well, this great movie. And my thing is like, okay, I have grown up my whole life seeing white people represented as superheroes, as heroes, as all these things in every media. And I, uh, okay, we're two white dudes talking about race relations, so obviously we're probably not the authorities here. But yeah, um, well, I, there, there, that's a whole other conversation too, because there's a lot of people that would say that we can't even talk about the subject because we are two straight males that, that they, I think they have like this this term they call them cis. Yeah. Cis hetero male or cisgender mm-hmm. or whatever they say, I I just can't stand that because I just feel like if you try to shut anybody down, you don't want to have a conversation. That's just that's you're gonna lose allies. Yeah, my my point it being though is, like, 
it's awesome. It celebrates like a culture and their and like a history and stuff like that. And it's like a really dope movie too. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, I do think Get Out uh, also uh, is kind of like you know how mo- you've have you ever heard like Oscar bait movies? Like it was made to win yeah. Best Picture kind of thing. I don't yep. think Get Out they wrote has it. It was that design to get there. Right, Get Out doesn't have that same feel. It feels very like. Like, it was made by a millennial kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. it was definitely, like, new age, like, thing. And I think uh, I think that these, like, Academy Awards people, whether it be race or not, like, they're so stuck in their ways that they can't see new stuff. And um, it's the same things going on with, like, the NCAA, the college basketball. Have you heard about any of mm-hmm. that? I have not heard too much. So, you know, it's, like, uh, against policy for any of the student athletes to make any money whatsoever, which is ridiculous. Yeah, um, it's been that way for a long time. Right. So the FBI is investigating them now because it turns out schools have been bribing athletes to come there, like a hundred thousand dollars, and come play mm-hmm. for us and stuff like that. So the NCAA is well, going a lot of the way they get around that too is through the booster clubs. You, it's not the school directly; it's the boosters that are offering the money mm-hmm. and giving the deals and providing these services to these uh, young athletes that. Uh, that have come through normally poor neighborhoods or they're trying to better themselves and their families um, and they need the money. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, they actually, the FBI has released a wiretap of one of the coaches offering a hundred thousand to wow. the probably number one or number two draft pick in the next NBA draft. So to come to play Arizona. So uh, all these old organizations are, I, I, it's like a youth movement thing. Like all, they're finally starting to get <laughs> the policies that are like old and awful changed a little bit. So uh, yeah. I'm really uh, rooting for Get Out to win something uh, just to shake it up a little bit. There's not even like any black people nominated for like best actor or actress or anything like that. It's well, it's kind of awful. And this whole subject to me is like a big can of worms that could go so many different directions. And why it's this way, I just think that because systemically we've kept so many different cultures out of the movie industries for so long mm-hmm. that we expect a certain framework of how a movie should look. And that's what you always hear about, like the writing, writing a movie for the Oscar. Like this was an Oscar movie. Well, they designed that because we know that if you do step one, step two, step three, you're going to win an Oscar. And that's what I love about get out the most. It is just a really great movie. Um, I'm a big fan of Jordan Peele. I watched key and Peele for a long time. I enjoyed their skits. I, uh, I think they're really great comedians and it's great to see, a an amazing, amazing movie come out of somebody that is normally very comedy driven, mm-hmm. but decided to go the serious route. And the actors are outstanding. The entire movie, like the effects, just just the way they shot it. I just, I think it is definitely a movie that is worthy of some sort of award. I don't know if it's definitely a best picture movie. Um, I've seen it probably three times now, but I, I, I think there is just kind of a disconnect from what normal audiences want and what the people in the film industry are actually trying to push as their yep. agenda or as the movie they, they'd like to see. Well, and as, as the older people start phasing out and like our generation stuff start phasing in, like things will change, uh, and mm-hmm. for better or, and worse, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so it's just interesting to see, you know, media and pop culture and all that stuff. It's very telling about like what the mindset of the generation in charge is. 
we're definitely seeing a lot of these younger generations step up. Uh, if, you, if you've been following the news at all, you're seeing the uh, the kids from the Florida shooting. Mm-hmm. They are really pushing a lot of the policy changes in Congress. Um, you're seeing a lot of the women from the Me Too movement in the celebrity community. Um, I do have a hard time connecting with some of these movements, though, because they're just so so out of touch from the normal person like with, with, for me a lot of it's with me too um they have these celebrities that are really pushing things out there and and um, i think that the sexism and the racism that we've had in the hollywood industry is just horrible and it's been been around for way too long so i'm really excited to see this kind of change happen but it's happening a lot with young people and not so much the older people so i'm kind of glad that things are going to start phasing out that way and we're going to start getting rid of it and just completely seeing these problems go away but they still need to be talked about right now Yep, agreed. Um, it's it's there's a lot going on in the world that's not too uh, encouraging these days, but mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of movements, a lot of young people doing a lot of good stuff, and it's nice to see something encouraging in the news every once in a while. So, um, but yeah. Uh, that being said, all that um, my my pick for best picture though would definitely be Three Billboards Outside uh, Ebbing, Missouri. If you have not seen that movie, which I don't believe you, have, I have not. Yeah, give me a little synopsis really fast. Uh, a mom's, it's small town in Missouri. A mom's daughter is killed very brutally. Um, and the police department hasn't really done anything about it within like six, hmm. seven months. So she rents three billboards outside the town um, that basically calls out the police department for inactivity wow. on it. Um, and wow. And the police chief, and it causes a lot of tensions and violence between a couple parties in this small town um and it's it's a it's a redemption arc it's it's one of the best probably redemption movies i've ever seen um and it's kind of a critique on redemption on it whether people can actually be redeemed once they've crossed a certain line um Hmm. it's very good you know that sounds really similar to me to um i don't know if you heard about this man that got uh arrested i want to remember I, I, I wish i knew more about the story i can't really look it up right now um he got arrested for drug trafficking charges mm-hmm. and for after he uh, two weeks after he uh had gone through and um criticized the local sheriff they ended up picking up for drug trafficking charges and he had an ounce of marijuana that he had infused with some butter for cooking mm-hmm. and because the butter then o- was over one pound they were able to charge him with drug trafficking charges and I haven't heard anything new about that but because of his criticism they're saying that is the big reasons why they went after him there wasn't a lot of evidence there there wasn't a lot of information they just knew that he may have some weed with him and that they'd be able to get him for something um, and I think that's that's a, definitely a problem that we're seeing in our law enforcement right now is that it's a lot of people letting things get to their heads and letting the power control them rather than being able to do the job that they're looking for. Um, I'm not sure if you'd seen the new documentary series on Netflix called uh, Flint town. Mm. It's about I've, the uh, Flint, Michigan police department. Of it, though. I just finished episode two today and man, it is, it's heart wrenching to watch. Um, you have a small community of about uh, 93 police officers mm-hmm. um, serving Flint, Michigan, with over a hundred thousand people, and it's difficult to see the politics that go down and the problems they can't solve that they want to, and where they kind of what the hills they have to die on. Um, and it's kind of scary to see those kind of situations. So they always say that art imitates uh, life, and I'm I'm excited to see that movie because I, I there are so many great topics within that little range of uh, of media right now. Yep, 
Uh, and I think there's something to be said about enjoying media, just if it's fun, like, you know, Marvel movies and Star Wars and stuff like that. But I really think uh, where media shines and pop culture shines is when it's critiques of what's going on in the world. And uh, I think that's why I like that movie so much. Well, for me, it's tough. And this kind of kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with Under Oath. But people always want to find the deeper extra meaning when there isn't always that extra meaning. You look at these biggest, highest grossing movies in the box offices, the ones that the fans really do love and really do care about, you never, ever hear about those in Best Picture Oscar nominations. <laughs> you always get these old, big-time Hollywood people that make these small decisions for everybody else, and then they win these Best Picture awards, and they continue to push on this system they built for years now. Um, but you never hear about the Marvel movies and you never hear about the, the ones that really kill it in the box offices, like the star Wars. I think the closest we ever got was with, uh, Lord of the Rings return of the King. I think what was, what year did that one win? 2003. Yeah. That's, that's crazy to me that only one of the Lord of the Rings movies won best picture when those stand alone by themselves are just absolutely amazing for that, that pull from Tolkien's work. But that was a big fan favorite film. And it's one of the only movies you can look at right now that won Best Picture that fans actually loved. Yeah. And I still uh, think there's a big disconnect between what the critics like and what the fans like. If you look at any of the big movies on uh, Rotten Tomatoes right now that get these horrible scores, but the fans swear by it and love it and they make millions and millions of dollars at the box office or for streaming rights, the critics hate them. And I just don't understand where that disconnect comes in. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, you and me have talked about this. I'm like torn between it because usually if it has a bad score in Rotten Tomatoes, like, and I watch it, I'm usually not a fan. Um, there are exceptions to that, for sure. Like, I will die on the hill that Speed Racer from like 2011 is like an amazing movie. And that got like. See, and I've never seen a that. A 10. So. Uh, really? Yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> um, but I do think there's a difference between. And this is my opinion of, like, I love Marvel movies. I love Star Wars movies. Um, do I think they're best picture-worthy? Probably not. <laughs> but that's just me. I think they're more... For me, a best picture has to be, like, important and say something and be, a, like, a, a true work of art, not just, like, a fun ride. And there is a huge place for just a fun ride and being able to watch something mm -hmm. and just, like, forget about stuff and just have fun for a couple hours. Um, yep, and that's why they call it the entertainment industry. Yeah. Um, but best pictures for me are stuff that leave me thinking about them for a long time afterwards. Mm. Um, I watch. Well, and I look at like the shape of water too. Mm -hmm. So let's just even compare the shape of water to get out. I liked the shape of water. I really enjoyed it. My girlfriend absolutely hated it. She couldn't stand it. People, as we walked out of the theater also hated it. Um, but it's still one of these top grossing movies. Um, I enjoyed it because it was so deep and there was so much meaning to take away from the movie, but I do not think it is best picture worthy at all. Even compared to Get Out, not even close. Yeah. Kelsey just doesn't like fish penis. Yeah, it's true. No uh, no opening. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, if, you, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, go, go see it because they, they have this part where they talk about uh, her having sex with the uh, sea monster and how anatomically it works because you see him basically naked the whole film, but you don't see anything there. So it's really funny. Yeah. Um, I really like The Shape of Water. I, I'm with you as well. Uh, I, I don't know if it is even close to my favorite movie I've seen this year. but um, well, 
and the yeah. only reason it got it, only reason it got the press that it did is because of uh, the director, um, Guillermo. Oh, I can never say his name. Guillermo del Toro, who I love. Gil- yep, and I and I'm. There are some things I love and some things I hate. I, there, there are a lot of his movies I would just kind of throw by the side and be like, well, I've seen that once. I never need to see it again. Um, and, and that's just tough with me. A lot of these best picture wins, if you go back and look at like the last 15 years, I've probably seen about half of them and maybe 80 to 90% of them I hated. And I don't yep. know where the disconnect is. And I'm not a – I'm a fairly well-educated person. I studied English. I uh, write short stories. I uh, do a lot of poetry. But it's just one of those things where it's almost like they're trying too hard to add a little extra meaning behind it or give you that little story that you can't find. I don't know. It's it's tough, man. Yeah. Uh, it all comes back to personal preference. Um, like I said, I usually uh, – I usually – agree with the critics probably more than audience scores but maybe i'm just a you know old man at heart or something like that <laughs> well i i picked up these uh these new things called uh, movie pass cards i don't know right. if you've heard of this yep. it's uh ten dollars a month and you can go to the movies uh once a day uh they allow up to ten dollars and fifty cents per uh, ticket price so if it's more you're gonna pay a little bit out, out of pocket um, and it's great it's allowed me to go to the movies and see more movies that I wouldn't have recently um, just because it's more affordable I think box office prices are a little out of touch with what families and communities want I have a awesome home theater system in my house and a great TV and I honestly would rather spend the $15 to buy a movie after it comes out on iTunes and stream it in my living room and pause it when I need to go to the bathroom and not deal with the crowds and spend 50 cents for a bag of popcorn instead of $20 for a tub of popcorn that I'm just going to end up throwing out anyways. Um, so I'm really enjoying this new movie pass feature because I pay $10 a month for me and $10 a month for my girlfriend. And then we can go to the movies once a day for the entire month. And that's yeah. really the only reason I've seen some of the new movies. Yeah. We, uh, we don't go to the theater very much unless it's like a movie we already know we want to see. Um, most of the time we'll just wait like Marvel movies. We always go and see, um, Katie usually has a couple movies every once in a while. She wants to go see in theaters. So we'll go see that. But, uh, yeah, the, in Utah, the movie theaters are so busy and I do think they're not actually not that expensive compared to like nationwide prices, but it's just, there's so many people and there's kids because it's Mormonville USA. Yep. Well, for me, the disconnect comes down to, I'm going to spend, $10 $10 per ticket. I'm going to go buy popcorn. I might get a drink. We can get alcohol here at our theaters in uh, Nevada. And uh, I'm probably going to spend 50 or 60 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> 50 or 60 bucks. And dude, they come in Trenta sizes. I'm talking 32 ounce beers. Just as a side so note, much. I can get, I can get a giant pretzel that comes in a pizza box and then a 32 ounce beer. And I can sit there and get drunk while I watch justice league. Yeah. Remember, remember when we were talking about gaining weight, I think we may have found <laughs> found another reason yeah that might be it that might be it <laughs> i instead of sending 60 bucks at the movie theater to buy my trenta beer and my large pretzel and a, some popcorn and watch a movie i can spend 15 bucks enjoy it at my own house and not have to deal with the crowds of people i, th- I think my generation has definitely grown up on um well not even my generation like it's I remember still recording things on VHS or sitting down to watch a TV show at the right time that it comes on at six, six o'clock Eastern time or, or these different, these different schedules that I had to hold to We still had TV guides when I was a kid and now the newest generations have Netflix and Hulu and it's instant on demand streaming. And I think that's, that's gaining popularity for a reason. 
Um, I look at the movies like Cloverfield Paradox, which was just re-released or just released on Netflix instead of going to theaters. Um, and I love the Cloverfield movies. I've been a Cloverfield fan since they released that first trailer and had that big monster, that monster movie kind of monster flick feel to it. I don't know if you ended up seeing um, all those Hunter or not. Yep, but I've seen them. They're probably some of my favorite movies out there. What did you think of the last one? It was a solid seven, in my opinion. Uh, I think 10 Cloverfield mm-hmm. Lane is by far my favorite. And I really liked the first one as well. I get a lot of flack. I say that all the time when I talk to somebody about this. 10 Cloverfield Lane is one of my favorite Cloverfield movies, and it, it is my favorite Cloverfield movie so far, just because of the way it was filmed and the actors in it. Um, John Goodman is amazing. Um, what's the lead's name? Is it Allie? I can't remember. The Cloverfield movies are so, like such a weird movie franchise because first Cloverfield mm-hmm. comes out, then however many years later, 10 Cloverfield Lane comes out, and the thing about 10 Cloverfield Lane and the Cloverfield Paradox is they both started out as movies not related to Cloverfield at all. But then, like, yep. halfway through production, there's like, hey, let's just, like, make these, like, pivot these into being let's a Cloverfield them. movie. And it's, yep. that's, like, so odd to me. You have that eight-year difference from Cloverfield then to mm-hmm. from 2008 to 2016 to 10 Cloverfield Lane and then we just got Cloverfield Paradox that dropped on Netflix right after the Super Bowl and um, I, I was a big fan of it there was definitely some parts in the movie where I'm like that's kind of hokey and that's kind of uh, cheesy but um, there's a lot of a lot of things in that movie that really brought the whole thing together and, and kind of spoiler alert for anybody out there um, the Cloverfield Paradox movies are what cause the events in 10 Cloverfield Lane and Cloverfield because they ripped a hole in the uh, space-time continuum by launching their particle accelerator kind of crashing all these different dimensions down together um, and releasing things in the past the present and the future then the next uh, the next movie is supposed to be about uh, World War One or World War II, I don't remember which one it's set in. It's already in post-production right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see that one probably later this year. But Yep, I, th- I believe it's November of this year. I could be wrong. But yeah, I'm mm-hmm. interested to see what comes of all these movies because it's a very interesting movie franchise. Yep. I just think the, the one of the best things about 10 Cloverfield Lane is uh, it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, she is amazing, and she probably has a page of lines throughout the entire movie. Everything she does is all based off of facial f- facial expressions, body language, the way she reacts to certain situations. It, it is such a great movie. I think most of the dialogue comes from John Goodman, and uh, she barely talks throughout the movie. But just the way they filmed, I just I was so blown away. I've, I've been a big J.J. Abrams fan for a long time, and I've also hated J.J. Abrams for a long time for some of his uh, shows. I, I could not stand Lost. I've seen it once, never going to watch it again. You can't make me. But I'm a huge Fringe fan. I loved Fringe. I own every season of it. It is one of those shows I can watch over and over again because it has that science fiction meets real science kind of clash together. Um, and there's so many great stars that jump into that. But, um, yeah, I kind of have that love-hate relationship with uh, the bad robot folks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I generally like his stuff, so... All right, man. Well, I can tell you, uh, I'm not watching the Oscars tonight. How about you? Uh, I will be emotionally preparing myself for another week of corporate <laughs> life. So, uh, yeah, I, will, I get that. You know, fetal positions, stuff like that. Well, on the next episode, we are definitely going to talk about the uh, new 
lineup for Vans Warp Tour for the final Warp Tour ever, and uh, kind of how that whole situation came about with Kevin Lyman. So uh, stay tuned for the next episode of Trendertainment, and we'll see you guys in two weeks. Thank yep, you. We'll see you.